Welcome to the Naturally Healthy Pets podcast. Let's get to it. Welcome to Dr. Judy Morgan's Naturally Healthy Pets podcast. Today, I'm very happy to have as my guest, Julie Ann Lee, and we are going to be talking about unlocking and understanding pre, pro, and postbiotics. So we will find out what they are and how we use them. Julianne Lee is the founder and co-owner of the Adored Beast Apothecary, where she formulates holistic pet care products, and there are a lot of them. I can attest to that because we have shelves of them in the warehouse. Uh, they're, they're extremely popular because they're incredibly good. Um, she is also a pioneer in studying the animal microbiome and developing protocols for optimizing gut health. She's brilliant at this. It's all part of a rapidly expanding picture and understanding of the crucial role the microbiome plays in the health of all of our animals and ourselves. And interestingly, if we go back 10 years, nobody talked about the microbiome. Nobody knew what the microbiome was. It was just not, we, we had no clue how important this is. Um, so thankfully, we have people like Julianne who are now doing a lot of research so that we are discovering a lot of this. Uh, she's also part of a research and development team examining, producing, and formulating unique first-in-the-industry species-specific probiotics and functional prebiotics for animals, and we'll get into what those are. Currently, Julie is in her fourth year of an extensive research project on canine cancer. Thank goodness, because uh, I'm not a research person, so I'm really happy that other people are. How do you pronounce that university where you're doing that? Uh, Dalhousie. Delhousie. Okay. Uh, doing research and development with her medicinal mushroom forest as well in Nova Scotia, Canada called Mycobiome. It's very cool. Like who has their own forest full of mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> growing, <laughs> growing mushrooms. Yeah. In a forest. It's interesting. It's, it's very, very cool. So Julie lives in Nova Scotia, Canada on her rescue farm called Joseph's Field. Why is it named Joseph's Field? After a rescue horse I had. Awesome. Yeah, he was amazing. Uh, she shares her home and farm with numerous dogs, cats, horses, donkeys, cows, chickens, one-legged ducks, a blind pot-bellied pig, and a ball python named Bob, all of whom came to Julie as a last resort, chronically ill or abused, and who are now living their best lives at their forever home. Jeez, I feel so inadequate. My farm only has half of those animals. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they weren't, they're like, they seep in. It's like, no more animals, no more animals. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. And then they show up. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm good with all of it except for the ball python named Bob. I'm, I will draw the line if it, you know, scales on legs of chickens are fine, but scales on bodies, no. Not doing that. All right. So, so thanks, Julianne. You are a ball of energy. You have so much going on, and I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day and the construction that's going on in your house, which is just making it even more fun. Oh, yeah. It's just the icing on the cake. <laughs> it is. All right. So first of all, for those who may not be up to speed on this particular topic, um, if you could give us a quick uh, description. You got three things to tell us what they are, prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics. Yes. Yes. So um, prebiotics are the food source that help the probiotics survive in the gut. So 
the the probiotics need a food source an energy source so that they can colonize and and uh live in the gut right and and stay healthy and vital and um uh you know be able to produce what we're going to talk about with postbiotics so prebiotics were kind of initially just looked at as oh they're just food but now we're finding that it that they're like I'm doing a lot of research on on prebiotics and even now to this date the majority of prebiotics that are on the market are sugar based like fructose mm-hmm. maltodextrin things like that and they do feed you know just like they feed yeast just like they feed they feed bacteria right, right. like sugar really does feed bacteria so it was a a fast efficient easy way to add those things so that the probiotics maintain their health and integrity. But what we've been finding is that prebiotics, and I'll get into this more with postbiotics, but prebiotics um, kind of like certain bacteria better than other bacteria, or the bacteria kind of get along better with the with, with certain prebiotics. Right. So Pre- and, and we'll we'll dig into prebiotics a bit more, but so there's prebiotics, then there's probiotics, which is the the friendly bacteria that um, help to uh, produce things like short chain fatty acids, convert our food into vitamins and and nutrients, um, produce the the you know create the gut brain access. Um, I, I kind of talk about probiotics. If we look at a body, whether it's a dog, cat, horse, pig, cow, it doesn't matter. But if we look at a body with all of these moving parts, like a symphony, I always mm-hmm. say that the, that probiotics in the gut are the conductor. They're kind of, believe it or not, like we had no idea about this, you know, a, like you said, 10 years ago, I've been sort of in it for about 27 years. I know. I mean, I was, I, I like a little off thing, but in 2006, I wrote about it. My vet, my vet hospital had a, had a column in the Vancouver sun and I wrote about probiotics being good for animals. And I got a fine from the veterinary association because I couldn't prove it. And I had to retract my statement. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's how much we've Uh. advanced. And that was wow. 2006. So that's 17 years ago. Yep. You fined for talking about probiotics. $3,000 fine and I had to retract it saying that I had no evidence to say that probiotics oh were my dogs. Gosh. Yeah, the Canadian vet board is um, a little nuttier than the American <laughs> ones and I thought yeah. we were bad. <laughs> so anyways, it's it's like it's like I I say that the you know, it's the foundation. It kind of the the gut is the is sort of the 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 foundation or the conductor to be like, okay, you need more serotonin. So you need more hormones. You need, you need this, you need that. And it, and it, and it sort of influences everything in the body. We, we know that now. So probiotics can be made from all different kinds of things and they're all different kinds of, of um, friendly or beneficial bacteria. And but doesn't uh, so when we talk probiotics, I know we talk bacteria, but aren't there uh, viruses and uh, fungal elements or everything. yeast type? Those are part of the microbiome as they well. They are. 
they are. So, and, and we will talk with, once we dig in or we can do it right now, it doesn't matter. But the, the big thing that we're, that we're, that I subscribe to is that it's really important. Like probiotics are what we can ingest through fermented foods, through fermented, uh, fermented bacteria, isolated bacteria fermented into a probiotic. Um, there's there's a few different ways to get that bacteria through eating dirt, through you know all all kinds of things, fecal transplants. There's there's a million different ways to get that bacteria. But the the, the actual probiotic that we're used to talking about with supplementation, um, there's there is more. They're called banks. So we have actually got you know certain strains that are patented and registered in the probiotic banks. So they're, they're a register, they have a name, they have a, they have a, 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 like a license number. And then we have to register that number and show the science behind it of what it does. So all the probiotics do all kinds of different things. And then the pre and probiotics together create this thing called postbiotic. So you don't, yeah, purchase postbiotics or take postbiotics. Postbiotics are the aftermath of this sort of really wonderful dance of a, a really good prebiotic and that probiotic. And then it creates the postbiotic. And the postbiotic is things like the conversion into vitamin K or the conversion, uh, creation of short chain fatty acids or um, the ability to immune modulate the whole entire immune system or uh, make sure that pathogenic bacteria like E. coli, salmonella, clostridium are kept at bay. And that's when you were, you know, you were talking about yeast and, and all of that. So my feeling and my, my really, really deep understanding is that I look at this whole three pieces as producing an intelligence in a part of the body that is paramount for longevity and, 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 and long-term health. And when we get into this sort of egocentric state where we feel like we know more than mm-hmm. what our bodies know or what nature knows or how we were sort of designed to stay healthy, and we go, okay, we need to, uh, to eradicate this yeast. We need to eradicate this um, bacteria. We need to get rid of it. We need to sterilize it. We need to give antibiotics and we need give, have to give anti, anti-fungals and anti-anti-anti-antis, right? Right. Sorry. Um, and the, the, the problem with that that I see is that I believe that the, that the gut has to be challenged, right? We need to challenge our gut. If we go into this place where we have to eradicate stuff, our bacteria doesn't stay. Um, it, it doesn't stay on, on, on its game, right? right? So we want bacteria in the gut to be like, okay, too much clostridium is happening at this moment. Send out these defenders to be sure that we just put those guys back in their place. They can stay. They just have to behave themselves. 
Exactly. And that's one of the problems that we see with antibiotics, antifungals, anti-whatever is that, hey, we're just going to wipe out the entire population. And unfortunately, sometimes the guys that we don't want, some of those pathogenic guys will then take over. That's what when we see C. diff in people so commonly, it's because the antibiotic wiped out everybody who was keeping that bad guy in check. check. We need to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. We'll be back in just a few moments. We at Naturally Healthy Pets are huge fans of Adored Beast Apothecary and think you will be too. Podcast listeners can get a 10% discount on any Adored Beast products found at naturallyhealthypets.com using the code PODCAST18 at checkout. You can trust that anything you see from Adored Beast Apothecary can safely and effectively support your pet's needs. Head to naturallyhealthypets.com and save now on our favorite Adored Beast products using code PODCAST18. Welcome back. My guest today is Julianne Lee, and we are discussing pre, pro, and postbiotics. And uh, it's a fascinating science um, that we just are, I think, at the tip of the iceberg. I think there's still so much more that we don't know. Um, so I want to I want to touch on two things yeah. in the second half. I want to touch on um, you were talking about the postbiotics, which are the things that the the good the good guys in the gut are producing, including vitamins and hormones and that sort of thing. So I want to talk about two things. One, uh, how those postbiotics are affecting behavior because we we have this thing called the gut brain axis. So I'd like you to kind of address that. And then the second thing I want to talk about is how diet affects what we have going on here. Sure. Sure. Okay. So, so when I was talking about like the symphony, we, the gut has accesses. We're learning now that the gut has accesses to everything. So we have the, the gut brain access. We have the gut kidney access, the gut hormonal access. So it's, it's that, it's that gut, um, uh, sort of conducting and, and navigating when things should do what, and when they shouldn't do things. Right. So like, like produce for, let's say the brain produce, um, okay. The, the gut needs to be producing more serotonin or, or the brain needs to be producing more feel good hormones, or this has to happen or that has to happen. So, so if we really think about it, I think everyone has heard, my gut told me to do this. My gut told me mm-hmm. to do that. My gut instincts or, you know, that whole, oh, when I get anxious, my gut, first thing that happens is my gut feels weird, right? So so we've known for a very long time that that the gut actually has more of the um, intuitive senses than the brain. And the cool thing about dogs and people or animals and people is that what should really be happening is the gut should be, there's so many components to this. So if it's producing B vitamins, if it's making sure that the, if the gut's making sure that it is, it is converting the, the, the vital, the vital nutrients that are specifically for the brain from a, from a physiological point of view, we can see how all of that happens, right? How all that keeps our brains and our animals' brains healthy. Right. But when we break it down even more, it's like 
the fight or flight mechanism in people and animals, that cortisol rush happens first in the gut because you can feel it. You literally right. can feel it. And then it tells, it, then the brain kind of goes, it tells her the brain, do we run? Do we fight? Do we flight? Do we chill out? What do we do? So when that gut brain access is disconnected, the brain will, first of all, not function balanced. It'll get too heightened. It'll be too spacey. It'll go into sort of habitual, they're called neurological tapes or roles, right? So it'll pay, play the same role, the same tape. Oh, last time I'm a dog, the last time my, my, my pet parent left, the broom fell on me, right? So that role continues to happen. So not enough hormones are produced, not enough where they kind of like with horses go back to grazing, I call it, right? Where they can sort of settle themselves down. So there's a physio, there is a true physiological component of the mechanism that happens. But then what's kind of cool with animals that I saw in my practice, do you know that it was the gut brain access with aggressive dogs that I first started looking at the gut? More before cancer, before anything, because I saw a lot of animals that were going to be euthanized. So, so, and I saw the changes in their personality so fast when I changed their diet and I added right. gut health to their diet so fast. It, it was just, it was amazing. So, so the difference between people and animals though, is that we can be a little bit brainwashed Right. So even if we're doing all this great stuff with our gut, we are, you know, watching commercials and we're doing all of this stuff that we're, and we're taught a lot of stuff that it's, it, it takes a while, but with an animal, it's, I actually see it happen faster than, than with, than with people. And, um, Dr. McBride, if anyone wants to go and look at, look her up, she is a pediatrician that treated autism, ADHD, like, like some intense, intense emotional mental health stuff, literally just by treating the gut and doing something called a GAPS diet. So diet, <laughs> diet and, and probiotics and prebiotics. So the, the gut brain access is something that has been, that has just been like proven time and time and time again. And we're just touching on it with animals. But I know because right. I have my rescue animals here. And one of the criteria for the horses is that they have to have PTSD or the majority of them have PTSD because of the more, the ones that get euthanized faster than anything else. Right. And the difference is, is crazy. And I, I'm hope I'm going to try to speak about this really fast too, because what I, so we just came out with the wolf strain, right? right? And we know that with fecal transplants that we can, and it's, this is the gut brain too that I'm going to talk about, but that how, you know, if you do in, in some mice studies where they, this is horrible how they did it, but it's science and stuff. They shocked these mice. They put them on shock things so that they created this really bad anxiety and sort of semi almost mm. aggression with these mice. Oh. And then they did fecal transplants of those mice into other mice that were calm. And those calm mice became, took on the, wow. the, that, that anxiety from the fecal transplants. So we know that 
the gut produces sort of like an energetic, emotional DNA component. We know that. So what was really cool is that, that when I started doing species specific probiotics, meaning, you know, really getting into the science of what does it look like when you take dog feces and you isolate those bacteria, and then we worked at them with them in the lab and then we worked with them in live studies like what does it do? It's it's quite fascinating, actually. And we don't have won't have time to get into it, but it's really fascinating. So when we did the wolf strain, I my hypothesis, because I couldn't prove it yet, we're doing some work on it now, but I couldn't prove it then, was that when I looked at wolves, it's like, okay, they're 160 pounds, some of these animals, right? They're living till they're 16 and 17 years of age. They're having they're having, they're, they're, they're producing litters when they're 10. They're, no one's giving them antibiotics. No one's stitching their wounds. They're living out in the cold. Like what's going on? So I was desperate to get um, a wolf strain from really resilient wild wolves. And when you watch wolves, they have a very, very calm demeanor when they're not hunting or when, like when they're calm, they're calm. When they're hunting, they're in hunting state. When they're being chased or there's danger, they're in the danger state. But when they're not, when they know that they're, everything's chilled, they're really community-based and they're, they're fascinating animals. So we took the, we isolated the strains of the wolf. And when I, per, when I put it out there, we started getting all of these people saying to us, is this, can this be happening Cause my dog's way less anxious. My dog's way less huh. this. And then we had a trainer contact us and say, I've been working with this animal that stopped eating this dog that re refused to eat. And then it was food aggressive. So you couldn't even take mm. it away. Like they really had him on drugs. They had him on everything. Nothing was working. They didn't know what happened to him. Anyways, nothing else changed, but they put him on the wolf just not for that reason, but they put him on the wolf. And within three weeks, this dog started eating. So then she started using it with other, with other, her other dogs. And my point is, is that I believe that probiotics carry something called a fingerprint. So hmm. carry, carry the sort of the energy of, of, of that right? Of that, whatever we're taking it from, whether that's be soil or whatever. So we've been doing some, um, you know, talking to people, putting it out there, hearing what people, what people are saying. And I think what's happening is that we're adding bacteria that's virgin. It hasn't mm -hmm. been vaccinated. It hasn't been right. medicated, has not been on processed food or sugars or things like that, right? It's been the natural thing for this dog. You're going to die if you don't eat. So it's almost like right. giving that, that, that remembrance or that ancestry of what they would naturally be doing, right? Like what, 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 what is not urbanized. Right. So it, I mean, we could talk about this for three hours. Like it's just such a, it's such a <laughs> phenomenal. And I, what you said though, is like, we've just touched the surface. And my only concern about, about the research is that it, I think it's very important to research. I think I'm a research, obviously a research nerd, 
But <laughs> I also feel like we have to go, okay, we have a lot to learn from nature instead of trying to take nature and stick nature in a box. Right. In our, our box, it's like we got to try and learn from it as well, right? right? So right. yes, the gut brain access can, can, can affect, you know, even, you know, geriatric um, vestibular I've been looking at, which is ear and brain, but mm -hmm. also um, cognitive function, right? So, you know, geriatric, geriatric cognitive disorder, I really am looking into a lot of like prevention for that, right? Helping, helping make sure that the brain stays healthy and sure. through the gut. Well, absolutely. Because we know that these, the postbiotics, those short chain fatty acids yeah. and that hormone production, uh, so, so, so critical. And we are just about yeah. out of time. So we don't have time to go in depth into how diet affects this, but we do know that feeding high carbohydrate diets to our carnivores, um, things that break down into sugars. Well, yes, a sugar can be a good prebiotic, but those sugars and carbs, unfortunately, are feeding the wrong strains yeah. and causing a lot of dysbiosis, which is basically jumbling of the microbiome yeah. and making big messes. And that's why we have so many animals with behavior disorders, anxiety disorders, uh, uh, inflammatory disorders, chronic disease, autoimmune, so, everything, uh, everything, allergies. I mean, so much depends on this microbiome. Julie, I'm going to have to have you back on again because there's, I mean, we literally could be at this all day. Um, you are just a wealth of information. So for those who want more information about the adored beast, um, Facebook is adored beast. LinkedIn is the adored beast apothecary dash LTD and Instagram is adored beast apothecary. Uh, the website is adoredbeast.com. So pretty simple. Uh, you have great blogs, great information on your website. We share a lot of it because it is amazing. Thank you so much, Julianne. Keep up the good work. And I'm looking forward to hearing uh, more about that cancer study in the yeah, future. Yeah. And we are going to give you a, an ebook, right? So we're, ah. guys, we're giving a gift to to Dr. Morgan because she's just so amazing and we try to support everything that you do because you're a wealth of connection to everyone, which is like, you know, I always <laughs> say that, that you're every, you're like a mycelium, like you're getting it everywhere, right? Like that. <laughs> Our goal is to educate and help the pet parents keep their pets happy and healthy and improve longevity and their health span as well as their lifespan. So that's yeah. awesome. The ebook link will be provided and we look forward to it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another great Naturally Healthy Pets episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for some helpful links. And if you enjoy the show, please be sure to follow and listen for free on your favorite podcast app. We value your feedback and would love to hear from you on how we're doing. Visit drjudymorgan.com for healthy product recommendations, comprehensive courses, upcoming events, and other fantastic resources. Until next time, keep giving your pet the vibrant life they deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. It is no substitute for professional care by a veterinarian, licensed nutritionist, or other qualified professional. You're encouraged to do your own research and should not rely on this information as professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Dr. Judy and her guests express their own views, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Judy Morgan's Naturally Healthy Pets neither endorses or opposes any particular view discussed here.